Jennifer Strickland, your host of the I Am A Woman podcast, and this is the second installment in my series, What Is A Woman? I love the fact that uh, Matt Walsh wrote that book, What Is A Woman, recently, and this is my answer, Matt. So if you hear me out there, uh, but a lot of people are asking that. We talked about this last in the last episode. If you didn't listen to it, we talked about the fact that Victoria's Secret is saying that women are undefinable, that a man who said that women uh, don't exist just recently uh, bought the Miss Universe pageant, <laughs> and they're now in the pageants, in the prisons, in the, in the bathrooms, and, and, and everything like that. And so I feel like it's time for us to go back to the beginning. Um, and, and we talked about last week how there's this principle called zakar. It is actually the same word for male. Uh, the word zakar means one who remembers the commands of God and lives them out. That is the actual meaning of the word male. So when we say that, see the words male and female in the word of God, which is first mentioned uh, in the book of Genesis, it's the male and female is mentioned twice. First in Genesis one twenty seven, and then again. Uh, when God creates the woman from the man's rib, we talked last time too about the fact that the woman is created from the emotional side of Adam, the part of him that needs, the part of him that desires. Also from the side of him that needs a shepherd and a guide, someone to really keep him accountable is what you're going to see here today. And it's not really a message that you're generally going to hear in the Christian church but the rabbis know this. The rabbis know how to answer the question, what is a woman? In the West, we have totally failed. Failure, failure. We have totally failed to help a generation of people understand what a woman is. And a woman in Hebrew, in the original language that Moses wrote, and in, he in modern day Hebrew, it's, she's not a noun. Man is not a noun. He's a verb. Woman is a verb. So the word male does not mean man with male parts. In Hebrew, it means one who remembers the commands of God and lives them out. So what happens when God gives mankind, Adam, man, a command not to eat from one tree in the garden. As soon as he gives him a command, he says he's going to need someone who is like him. In fact, the original language really means someone who is opposite him, someone who is from his side, by his side, not over his head, not under his feet, can't be chopped off. You can't have a human body. You cannot live without the ribs. He's going to give Adam someone he cannot live without from a place of his body that he cannot live without. Remember when Adam says he is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, right? From my poem I wrote called I Am a Wife, he's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I get behind him till the day of his death. What are we talking about when he says he's bone of my bone? What is in the bone? The marrow is in the bone. The bone is strong, 
but the marrow is soft. And the marrow is where the life is. Remember that when God created Adam, he creates the, the, the entire world, okay, with the word, with his voice. Let there be light, light. Let there be stars, stars. Let there be sun, moon, it happens. <laughs> Let there be animals, it happens, okay? Let the waters teem in the seas, it happens. But with man, he creates him from the dust. In fact, the name Adam can also be interpreted to mean red dirt, from the dirt. Not that men, all men are dirt. We know that they're not. But it means that they're from the earth, <laughs> that their name means from the earth. And what is Adam's role? It is to serve the earth from which he was created. What is the woman's role? It is to serve mankind. She was not created from the earth. She was created from mankind, from man, from Adam. And what is going to be her role? How is she going to help Adam obey the commands of God and fulfill his function in the earth. Remember that the word male means one who remembers, one who remembers. And I actually want to go all the way back to the original meaning of the word male before we talk about what it is to be female. Okay, so when we do this, it is not just looking it up in Strong's Dictionary. It's not just looking at commentaries. It's actually not even looking at the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is, is zakar. A man's function is to remember the commands of God and act them out. That's, that's what male means. Okay, however, if you take the, le the letters of the ancient Hebrew, we see a lot more about what a man could be. And I really recommend on this particular series that whenever possible, you watch it on YouTube so that you can see these slides that I'm putting up. But for those that are listening um, on the podcast, you're just going to have to try to follow me. There are three letters that spell the word male in the ancient Hebrew. The first letter looks like a plow. Okay, remember, we're talking about a pictographic language, a language literally written on scrolls, okay, by Moses himself, basically caveman language, the first time the word male was ever written, okay? The first letter is a Z or a Zanin, if, excuse me if I don't pronounce it perfectly, and it means plow. It means weapon. It means food or nourish. The second letter looks like an open palm. It means one who bends his hand, his open palm, that he allows. So the very first word in the word male looks like a a plow. I mean, this is an agricultural society, okay? But it also can mean food or nourish. So right away, we find out that the male's role is to serve the earth from which he came, to work the dirt with the plow, basically, right? And it also can mean a weapon or to nourish with food, okay? So inside this word males, a car, we find that there's a plow, there's an open palm, and this is important, really important for my teaching on women. The, the last 
letter is the resh, and it looks like this. It looks like two hands holding each other, but it means the head of man, the first, the person, the top, the beginning. The male was the first. The male was the head, is the head of the family that nourishes his family with the work he does with his open palms. That's literally, if you take each letter in the word zakar, it basically means the male works with his hands to tame the earth, receive food from God, and nourish his family with it. He is the head of the family and responsible for protecting it. So the word male in, in the Hebrew is not just male body parts. It is one who works the earth to nourish his family, to tame the earth with an open palm, allowing God to provide for his family, and he is the head. In other words, he will be responsible for that family. You'll notice that, that later on, when Eve eats the apple, God questions Adam. Why? Because he's the first. Because he's the head. He's the beginning. He was the first one. Okay, it doesn't mean that we're subservient. We're we're just different. We're just different. Remember, we were created equal by His side. Okay, from the rib. Now, I want to talk about the word female. And where am where am I getting this? Well, I'm getting it from Genesis one twenty seven. God created man in His own image, in the image of God He created him. And actually, the oh, this is the best one, verse twenty six. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Okay, let, let me let me just say something about this again. The word image is masculine. The word likeness is feminine. A lot of people don't know that. You miss that in the English because we are not a gendered language. But Hebrew is a gendered language. The word image is masculine. The word likeness is feminine. And he says, let us create man. Who's us? Well, if you were listening last week, in the beginning, God, masculine, spirit, feminine, hovers. The Spirit's hovering. God's creating. Kind of sounds like my family. I'm hovering. Shane's building. Shane's working. I'm puttering around. It's this. It's exactly what you see right here. So image and likeness are masculine and feminine. And then he says, we're going to, we are going to make mankind in our image, in our likeness, in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the word female. <laughs> the word female, it's it's actually kind of crazy, uh, funny that anybody is arguing right now about male and female, man and women. Uh, if you were if you look up the word female in the English dictionary, basically you'll find a very um, you'll find a description of a noun. <laughs> you'll just you'll find uterus and fallopian tubes and chromosomes and all of that. If you look up the word female in the ancient Hebrew, it means a point, 
pull or designate. Um, I think I forgot to mention that zakar, the male, this is where we're getting some sexual connotations here, but we got to explain what it actually means. The other name for zakar, aside to, for, sorry, cut that out. Uh, The other name for, for, okay, the other name for zakar also means pointed or fixed in mind. Now, when I say pointed, uh, I am talking actually physically, the male of all species has the pointed thing. He has the giving part, and the female means whole. (laughs) It means the receiving end. So the male is pointed, fixed in mind as well. And the female, the root word of nakeva, female, means pierced through a point, whole, designate, like you would have a a setting for a precious stone. That is the root of the word female, the setting for a precious stone. So if you can imagine you had a diamond and you had a setting that encircled around it. So obviously there's very clear sexual connotations for the words male and female. Okay, she is the boundary keeper. She is the one that encompasses, that comes around the man. Okay, that's a physical thing, but it's also her function. It's also who she is. If you take uh, (laughs) this word and you break it down in the original pictographic language, it actually has four letters. And again, if you can watch these messages on YouTube, you'll be able to see the pictographic language and it'll be very interesting for you to see. But I'll explain it to you the very best I can. The first letter looks like a tadpole. Okay, looks like a tadpole. It is the nun. It means a sprouting seed like a fish, continue, air, sun, seed, life. Okay, in the female, there's this concept. It looks like a little tadpole swimming around. We know that that's how we end up, yeah, having babies. And it basically means one that would continue through the airs, the seed of life. Okay. Did Apple just add a pregnant man to the emojis? Yeah. Yeah. See, a a man does not have the ability to continue the seed of life through the heirs. When I say heirs, I'm saying H-E-I-R, through the heirs, through the seed, through the children, Okay, the next letter is the cough, and that looks like the sun on a horizon. It means the circle of time. So the female will continue the circle of life through her seed, through her heirs. Without the female, life does not continue. Okay, the next letter in the word female looks like a house. It's, it looks like a floor plan. The woman is the one, the female is the one in the house that will continue life through her heirs. And lastly, the last letter is the hay. This is a very important letter. 
Okay. And remember, Hebrew words have function, but so does every letter in the word. The last letter is the hey. It looks like one standing in front of a window like this. It looks like a man with his arms raised. That letter hey, when it is at the end of a word in the Hebrew, means that it is feminine. What does that word mean? It means window. It means look. It means reveal. It means breathe. It means sigh. What is what is, what is a woman? What is a female? If you take each one of these letters, you're going to find that the female is designated to continue the circle of life through her seed or her heirs, that she positions herself in the house as one who brings life, order, and revelation. So this hay at the end of, of the name female, you're going to find that hay in the word mother. You're going to find it in, you won't find it in the, in the name for man or male, but you'll find it in mother. You'll find it in woman. You'll find it in female. It means one who brings revelation. It's one who breathes life. Where did the woman come from? The river of man, where the life flows. She is the life. My name means life. What is a woman? I am the one who will continue the life in my family. My daughter is the one. My daughter is the one that will continue my heir. Don't tell me that's a costume you put on. Don't tell me you, that womanhood is a costume. Don't tell me it's an outfit. Don't tell me it's a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's a function. It's a function we are appointed as the female, designated like a set, like a boundary in a setting stone to encompass the man, to bring life to the man, to hold him up like a rib, to, to protect him, and to continue the air and the seed of life. That is what it means to be female. That's what it means to be male. So I said that in the beginning that God took what was one, he made it two, and then when he called it one again, he said it was good. If you review the creation narrative, you're going to see that every time he takes what is one, he separates it into two, and then he brings unity, and he calls it good. When there is, so he did the same thing with Adam. He created mankind one, he separated it into two, and then he says, when you bring unity, it is good. When there's not unity between the male and female, you are not making up the image and the likeness of God. You're not in the fullness. You're just not. Um, when we don't have that in our marriages, when we don't have that in our friendships, when we don't have that in the church, we are, we've, let me just say this before I close out today, because uh, next time I'm excited, we're going to talk about Ezra Konegdo, uh, the helper suitable, what God, God said about woman. But unfortunately, um, historically in the Western church, not, not in the rabbinic teaching, not in the Hebrew understanding of womanhood, but in the church's teaching of womanhood, we have been designated as inferior generally. Um, the letter hey 
in the word female, in the word woman, in the word mother is twice in the name of Yeshua. It is the one who brings revelation through her voice. It is the one who breathes life. And when you have a home where the woman is not bringing life, when you have a church where the woman is not bringing life, when you have a nation where the woman is not breathing life, where for some reason the woman is seen as a uh, and a, a lower assistant or a subordinate. See, we're not a subordinate to Adam. We're not a subordinate to man. We are his strong equal. We are the concluding masterpiece. We are the breath of life. And any home, any relationship, ladies, any relationship where your voice doesn't is not allowed to breathe life, is not a healthy relationship. Any church where the woman, and let me just say this, this is my personal opinion, okay? It's just my opinion. I get to have a podcast, so I get to have an opinion. <laughs> but this is my opinion. I really don't think feminism would have ever arisen in the United States if we had taught the original meaning of what it is to be a woman as the, as the rabbis taught it. I do not believe that feminism, let me say that again, I do not believe that feminism would have ever arisen if people, if the church, if the body of Christ had correctly explained who we are, we are the one who continues the life and brings revelation in the house. That is the female. We are also his shield, his protector, his his guide, and the one that comes around and surrounds and, and breathes life into the man. So right now, if you are not breathing life, and that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened with the feminists. They didn't come breathing life. They came out breathing fire. And we're going to talk about that and why that was. But they were angry because they were not the hey, that last letter hey, in the, in the name female, the one who brings revelation, the one who looks out a window and can perceive it, it you know, she was all of this and she was stuck. And so she came out like a fire-breathing dragon. And so a lot of the things that the feminists did were very good. But I can tell you right now, I truly, truly believe after studying the origins of the word female and woman and man, that if we had honored women as God originally created them, I don't think there would have been a need for feminism. And, and let me tell you something about one last thing about the Bible that's actually really cool. And it's a it's very... Uh, well-known among theologians. There's what's called the rule of first mention. The rule of first mention means that the first time that word was named is what it means. So the first time that you hear God say woman, wait till you find out what that means. But we haven't done that yet. We haven't done that yet. We've looked at rib. We've looked at male. We've looked at female, and next week we're going to look at Ezer Connecto, 
the very poor translation, suitable helper, and why God actually created women in the first place. But in the meantime, I just want to challenge you out there to remember that the female is the one who brings life and revelation. She's the one who perceives and can see. And that is why when God created the man and gave him a command— He said, he's going to need someone who's going to know him and see ahead. And that is often what we find when it comes to women. I'm a woman, and my name means life. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also reach others with their value, identity, and purpose by making a donation today at yourmore.org slash donate. Thank you again for joining me on the I Am A Woman podcast, where we are reminding women who they are created to be. Remember, I am a woman and my name means life.